Now we return you to the test card and some music. to the Pilot Take 53, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present. He is Jed Shepherd, And that guy's Rob Jelly, the Jelly Man Returns. Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobble, jelly on the plate. Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobble, jelly on the plate. 53 weeks, Rob, in a row. 53 weeks. You know what that means, don't you? If you do the maths wow. really quickly. That was quick. It's our birthday! It's our birthday! Happy birthday to us! Happy <laughs> birthday! Shut up, planes! I'm singing! This is the pilot Happy podcast. Bir- yeah, we literally on a, under a flight path and everything. Yeah, it is officially the first birthday of the pilot podcast. Amazing. I absolutely cannot believe that we have been doing this every week for a year. We haven't missed a single week. No. Most other podcasts miss tons of weeks. They do it in series. Christmas off or yeah. something like that. We didn't. We give you a couple of Christmas specials. Yeah, my other podcasts, we do it in series. Series. And because no one has the um, the wherewithal to do it every single week. But for some reason, this has persisted. Yeah, we've, we've been away on holidays. Um, yeah. Like, separately, obviously. Yeah. Um, we've had, so we've had to come back from holidays and, and quickly we've, do it. We've done an episode under duvet covers yes. from each other's houses. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah, Not the same duvet, Rob. No, no, no. So we you, tried. You, were, you were at your house yeah, yeah. under your duvet. Yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. my house under my duvet. That's true, yeah. Because of death and sickness, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we still, we still managed to do the podcast, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to sort of start a second year uh, more TV pilots to do apparently they keep making more shows I know the further in we get really annoying yeah and they keep remembering old shows that the people made like way back when I know and apparently they made shows before the 1980s so get out of here it's it's outrageous though we're not doing any shows pre-1980 today are we ever yeah, <laughs> no, no, we will be doing some. Of course, we've done. We've done, in fact, we've gone we've back done to the fifties, fifties, sixties, seventies, all up to very new, fresh, current shows. Yeah, and um, thank you very much for recommending uh, what shows you want us to to do on Twitter. And we will get whatever show you recommend. We will do. In fact, uh, uh, we, have, we have a priority. Soon. We have a priority yeah. of if you suggest it on Twitter, we will put it top of the list. Yeah, so that we get to that sooner. Yeah, and doesn't get lost in the kind of plethora of shows. Exactly. So um, if you do want to do that just a reminder go to twitter let us know um we'll give you the deta- details at the end hashtag put it on the list on the list and we will yeah absolutely so we've got a couple of shows that uh, people have suggested in the next couple of weeks so we'll get them straight up and on yeah on the podcast um but how's the week been all uh, good yeah week's all good um what have i been doing um preparing for the film I'm uh, going to direct. Also doing a music video this weekend. I'm Ooh. directing a music video for a Japanese girl band called No Cars. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be... Um, I did one for them before, and that was absolutely mental. Um, I uh, made them have superpowers and get their heads cut off by a, a raccoon. Obviously. Uh, and they had laser eyes. Standard. Um, and then at the end, they fight uh, Mecha Godzilla. Normal, um, every every sort of music video I've ever seen has got these <laughs> things like, yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Um, But no, it was really good, and, and they liked it, so they were like, Jed, do you want to do another one? And I was like, yeah, but how can I top that? So I've, I've, I've got another... <laughs> so now cr- raccoons have laser eyes, <laughs> and also big lizard tails. Well, I'm going to do something um, inspired by Ubers. So I'm going to... Okay. These poor Uber drivers, what I'm going to do to them um, on, the, on Saturday when I film this. Is this legal? 
Because um, I might feel, I feel like this podcast might be brought up in court as evidence. Well, the Uber drivers aren't warned what's going to happen, and they're, and they're going to be filmed. I am taking no part in this <laughs> whatsoever, and I am not condoning anything that Jed does. But hopefully they will like it, because their Ubers will be full of Japanese girl bands. Um so cool. All right. Yeah, well, it'll be good. It'll it, be good. It's it's more creative than the naughty. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if you if by any chance on the weekend, uh, so you probably listen to this next week. But if the previous weekend you saw some Japanese uh, girls in the back of an Uber going crazy, um, and that's maybe, a music video. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> the strange things that happen in yeah. London, my friends. The strange things that happen in London. And besides that, I've been um, because we're. we're Currently eating. Um, well, I say we. I've had a bag. You've managed to smash through two bags of Monster Munch yeah. and half a box, half a bag of Picnic Bites. Yeah, and like the reason why I got Monster Munch today is because I wanted to bring up something really important, Rob. Oh, okay. So, right, I'm going to open up this bag of Monster Munch All right, right, right now, and this is a uh, pickled onion flavour. All right, and this is actually perfect because Stro- strong choice of flavour for Monster Munch. Yeah, so I'm opening it right now, and guys out there, stay with me. Pick, I don't know what's going Pick one of these out and look at it. Okay, so Rob's taking out... Okay, look at it. What is it? It's a paw of some sort. Is that what you think? Well, it's a, yeah, of course it is. Okay, so the discussion is, what is a monster munch? What is it? The thing's called monster munch. You've got monsters on the front, right? Yeah. And you pick that out of the bag. Yeah. And you're saying it's, what, a monster's paw, a foot? Yeah, it's a foot or a hand, of a, it's a paw of a monster. Yeah, and, and that's what the company who makes this wants you to think. Uh, Walker's Crisps, that's what they want you to think. Okay, count how many toes? Well, I think this one's missing one, so I would say it's supposed to have four, but yeah. this one has three, because I think it's got a broken toe. Okay, pick out another one, just to be on the safe side. Safe side, okay. Four, there you go, told Okay, you. right, so if you look at any packet of Monster Munch... He's got five fingers, or four fingers and a thumb. Oh, yep. No, 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 he's got, he's got four hands. Yep. Three hands. Oh my god! And how many so, fingers? How many fingers has he got? Does he have three fingers? Well, in one hand he's got four fingers and one thumb. Yeah. On two of his hands he's got three fingers and a thumb. Oh, I'm so confused. So yeah, and if you look at every single packet of Monster Munch, none of them have three fingers. Look at this one. How many has? How many has this monster got? Three fingers and a thumb. Exactly. So four fingers, right? Uh, sorry, um, they've got actually three fingers. On every single every single monster has three fingers. I'm so confused right now. So basically, these aren't the foot. These aren't feet. These aren't monster feet. This is a massive conspiracy that's been going on for years. Monster Munch, it, it's not the feet. And what is it then? Okay, so, so someone else has brought this up. We'll get to, by the way, we'll get to the, we'll get to the episode in a bit. So another person <laughs> has uh, thought, if we turn them upside down, yeah, it's a mon- they think it's a monster, like the head, two legs. Two, two legs and two arms. And two arms. There is no like a little Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. Yeah, but there's no current monster. If you look at the pictures of the other monsters that look like this, he's got four arms. Yeah, he's got as in he's got four arms, not four arms like <laughs> yeah. So I can mark on my wires to catch. Um, See, okay. three feet, one foot, three arms. Yeah. Okay. So what are they playing at? So and also. So, and then the other the other theory is that it's the yellow Get monsters. Gary Lineker on the line. The other theory is it's the yellow monsters' eyelashes. But no, where's his lower lashes? There's only one. Oh, you've you. What have you done to my brain? So this is the biggest conspiracy of all. Forget nine eleven. Forget, forget aliens. Forget nine eleven's an inside job. 
Monster Munch <laughs> is not what you think. Who is creating this? What are they? Please let me know what are they on, on Twitter. Twitter uh, details at the end of the podcast. Outrageous. What are Monster Munch? Well, they're, they're, they're gone. That's what they Just are. Just the evidence, they're, they're, yeah. They're <laughs> How are you, Rob? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was okay until that happened, and now I'm a bit confused as to what's going on. Um, no, I'm pretty good. I'm not bad at all. I'm a bit bruised up, and you might have seen that, that I haven't been, like, abused, by the way. Me too. Look. The state of my arms, look at that. Look. Absolute carnage. You, Rob's arms are covered in bruises. I mean, like, I am in the right state this week. But so am mine. I play American football. I've got a valid excuse. Do you know why my, I'm bruised? I had a dream... That I like, I fell down, and when I woke up, I had bruises on my arms. Get out of here! It, it's mental. I look, literally hurt my arm in my dream. Woke up, bruises on my arms. What? Yeah, I know. Does that happen to anyone else? Let me know on Twitter. It's a, it's a massive conspiracy. Dreams are real, guys. <laughs> it, if I you think, hurt yourself in your dreams, I'm you hurt yourself to think in real that life. Maybe this year the pilot isn't about television at <laughs> no, all. It's, it's just not. about Jed's conspiracy theories I think about it is. crisps and bruises. <laughs> Um, Monster Munch is an inside job. Hashtag crisps and bruises. <laughs> uh, right, look, let's let's move on. Yeah. Okay, um, let's because, quickly move on. <laughs> uh, we've got two television shows to get through, and yeah. one of which is an epic show, which went on for quite a lot longer than I initially expected it to, and it was yeah. my choice this week. Okay, um, it was my show, and we'll start with it. This one is none other mm-hmm. than the iconic, yeah. the gargantuan, right, amazing, yeah. eighteen. You've won this week. Surely the most iconic theme tune ever written. It's up there. Some Mike Post special he did. Yeah. Um, the Hill Street Blues theme song as you well. most certainly did which we did a few weeks ago yeah. I don't know if there's a I genuinely don't think there's a show yeah. who has a theme tune which you remember quicker not only and more accurately yeah. than this one yeah not only that it makes you want to fight fight for good yeah yeah yeah. you could be sitting in a chair just, just reading the newspaper Sunday morning half that, for that, a cup of tea yeah that comes on you would you run into the park trying to fight dogs <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to find someone. Yeah, find someone. tree. Also, though, yeah. like, as, as you'll be hearing it and go running in the background, you've got the, the obvious, the iconic bit. Right, but then it gets to the breakdown. It goes... And it, that's just as iconic yeah. as the, the first bit. Yeah. And, and there, isn't, there surely isn't another theme tune that does... It kind of has two parts, and yet they both maybe three parts because there's a bit goes. Uh, it's true, yeah. It goes into kind of like a yeah, it's a bit of a sort of dreamy kind of state, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it goes. Just, that's only to trick you, lull you into a false sense of security. Yeah. Before it goes, you're like, yeah, I'll fight you, dog. I'll fight you, tree. Come here, that park is getting a beating. It's it's incredible. It's a great theme tune. It's a Sterling start to a show. Oh man! But yeah. if you might have noticed, mm-hmm. it's not actually at the start of the show. No, you in get fact, a narrator type it, thing. Don't yeah, you? well, you, you get the kind of open scene. Um, so, for, any, look, for anyone who's never seen the A Team, I'm not sure how, but um, they are a combination of four people. Mm-hmm. 
four guys who all served in Vietnam in the war, um, but they couldn't be more different if they tried. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, 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 you just have like on paper they just don't work. Like you would, they are the most unlikely team. Yeah. You could possibly imagine together. Do you mind if I um, just say the opening narration for... Go for it. Okay, so it's in 1972. A crack commander unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade from the Los Angeles underground. Today, sold by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, no one else can help. And if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Dun, dun, dun. He's going to do this a lot, I imagine, <sighs> for the next 20 minutes, Brilliant. so brace yourselves. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, I mean, it's, it's, it is it is fascinating. When you stop to watch it like we do for this, yeah. you really get to see how weird and wonderful and, oh, and creative and quirky this whole show is. Yeah. So it opens up, and it opens up in this sort of sparse... Um, kind of a village in the middle of what looks like the desert. Um, it's a kind of like New Mexico sort of yeah. area, uh, quite barren land. There's no one in sight, and all of a sudden the you know, and the and the title sequence is running. So yeah. you've got the credits appearing, you've got the cast credits, you've got the sort of like directing well, credits. Should we say, Mike Post is mentioned straight away. In basically, the top. a feature length pilot. Well, it is. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's like it's a, a film. It's technically a double episode. It does count as episodes one and two, but it is in one big feature length thing, which is ninety minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it comes with all the feature length film gravitas yeah. that you want from something. If you're going to sit down and watch something for this long, you you want it to grip you all the way through, and it really does. It's very cinematic, absolutely awesome job of it. So you get all the title sequences, no words, there's no music, just this open barren land, wind blowing away, credits appearing on the screen as well. So you think, okay, right, this is the start. We're straight into it. Fair enough. What's going to happen here? Is anyone about? Uh, who are we going to see first? And you see this sort of gang, uh, armed gang appear, uh, and they start sort of shouting and screaming, and they're after this particular person. They're obviously trying to hunt them down. Um, and then slowly but surely, the people of the village who have obviously gone into hiding because they know they're coming. Mm-hmm. They come out. Um and a scene unfolds where they're trying to find this particular guy. Um, there's a there's a weird moment where there's two blokes in a barn, and I yeah. couldn't work out who they were at the start. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, um, uh, one of them younger guy, one of them slightly older. Um, they're going to basically burst out of the barn and, and try and get away because obviously one of them is this guy they're looking for. Which is quite an eighteen trope, by the way, bursting out of a barn. To, to get away. Oh yeah, I mean the amount of boxes and market stall sort of tables that get knocked over. It's proper cop show style. Yeah. You know car chase. But just done with a lot of eighties dry. It's amazing. It's is awesome, and it's done in the right way. It's yeah. not cheesy. It's just done in the right way. Yeah. Um. So that that happens, and then he goes back to a newsroom or like an office, mm-hmm. um. And this this boss is clearly having a, a sort of having a go at this this young lady who's obviously done something wrong yeah. um, it kind of is, uh, conspires that she, she's trying to find this journalist who's gone missing yeah so uh, she's a journalist herself she's trying to go and find this guy she's using the paper's sort of uh, name to get it and out resources. there and resources as well she's yeah. spent quite a lot of money on it trying to find it so he's had enough he's like no no more just stop it just get on with your work you, you, stop it yeah stop it woman um <laughs> 
And 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 that's that's essentially the conversation. So yeah, and her name's Amy, can, by the way. Yeah, Amy, Amy which yeah. is important to know in a bit. Well, well, towards the end of it, will certainly reveal. She's like, no, I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to find him. I'm going to save him. We have a duty of care to look after our you know fellow journalists, yeah. our fellow colleagues. They're going to do like you know proper journalism, so like that. So she says, okay, fine. And she'd heard of this group, yeah, that apparently can do anything, break in and out of anywhere, yeah. find people. Um, and she starts talking to this guy in the office on the way down the stairs about them. And they make a very slight reference to that opening speech, which you just did, the opening gambit they yeah. have. Um, and and then thinks she, at that point she references them because she says, aren't they called the A-team? Yeah. As sort of like a rhetor- like almost a rhetorical question. Like she thinks she knows, but yeah. she's, she just wants to confirm it. Um, and this is all in the first 10 minutes. So the mm-hmm. first 10 minutes is really kind of setting out like why the A-team exists. It's like what kind of... Um, what kind of thing are they the sort of people that can help you out with? Yeah. What sort are of they good? Si- are they bad? Yeah. They seem to be portrayed as bad, but, you know, they're soldiers. You and- get a slight motif of the tune. The da, 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 da. Yeah. A little bit slowly, uh, kind of a nice gentle bit underworld as the scene cuts away to a lake. And then a lizard monster comes out, and I'm not making this up. Stay no. with me. People know this because this is forever in the credits, opening credits, yep. for every episode thereafter. Yep. Big lizard creature that you see in the opening credits Loved from every it. episode afterwards mm-hmm. comes from the pilots. Um, it comes out of the sea. Yep. It's quite a scary-looking monster, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, and it turns out they're on a film set, and yep. it's a costume, and in the costume is Hannibal, as we all know him, at least. Um John, John Smith. Exactly. And that's a good way of explaining, this guy's an actor. He can, he has costumes. Yep. Maybe that will come into play later on. Yeah, exactly. So he's very versatile, very able to do stuff, and he's always smoking a cigar. Yeah. Unless he's underwater in a lizard costume. But <laughs> as soon as he's off like the cut, yeah. cigar in mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point as well, like, so this, you've met the first member of the A-team at this point. Yep. And then within a few minutes, you get to meet two more of the characters. Uh, Face... And Mr. T. And this shocked me because that's not face. That's not the, that's not my face. It's not the same actor. No, it's not. You're right. It does change. From the um I think he's face in the pilot, and then every episode thereafter it's it's someone else. Um who uh, was, it, was it literally the next episode? I didn't realise yeah. it was that soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think after the, the this pilot, the featured pilot, it's it's played by uh what's his name? Who's who's Starbuck in in, um, I've lost the names, mate. I, I, yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, and, but anyway, so, so you meet Mr. T and Face, and they come. Uh, yeah. They come down. They're trying to convince Hannibal to get in the car because yeah. this, as we've said, they're wanted fugitives. Uh, one of these colonels that's not giving up on trying to find them and hunt them down um, has found where they are. So they've gone into rescue. Yeah, uh, John. So and you think, okay, mate, you're wearing an eight foot lizard costume. Probably best to take it off at this point. Jump in the car. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Give me my. T- pass me my tail, please. Passes the tail. Sits in the back of the car, just like leisurely sitting there in an eight foot lizard costume, sticking out the top of this convertible. It's just. A, it's just a great image of three of the A team in a convertible. Now, driving away. I think this is the point where I have to address B. A. Barakas. I, you know, Mister <gasps> T, because if you stop. Yep. And just look at a freeze frame of Mr. T. I often do, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, I'm often finding myself just doing it, just yeah. staring into his eyes. Um, if you just stop mm-hmm. and really analyse every part of Mr. T. Yeah. Everything. I do. Hair. Yeah, I do. Earrings. Mm-hmm. Necklaces. Yeah. His clothes. Yeah. 
His sheer stature. Yeah, he's perfect. Right? What a guy. Just the guy. What a guy. He's the best. I mean, he's wearing earrings I'm sure my nan wears. Yeah. I would say... He has got... And I'm not even entirely sure I'm I'm allowed to call it this. Yeah, I think you can. I don't think he's actually got a mohawk. Well, it's Because technically, Mm -hmm. it starts at the the front of his head, goes all the way down the back, and then joins the hairline on the back of his head. That then goes out sideways, up and over the ears, into his beard. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure how that counts as a mohawk, but... It's not a mohawk. What it is, it is the distinctive hairstyle of the African Mandinka warriors. So it's, it's an African tribe. the whole tribe. thing is? Yeah. That's well, the, how, beard, the beard's tied into the... Yeah. That, that's uh, an African warrior or, or, of the Mandinka tribe, which he actually says in the episode, but it's kind of like a real throwaway quick line. But then I looked yeah, into it and I was like, yeah, that's what they look like. I didn't, didn't get that. So if you, if you go to this particular tribe in Africa, you're going to see a whole fleet of, of Mr. T's. Mr. T's. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there's nothing I would want to do That makes more. me so happy. Yeah, yeah That exactly. makes me so happy. But uh, it's, it, as I say, it is the combination of the hair... The earrings, which he has many of. And yeah. on the left-hand side, he's got a feather from mm-hmm. a quite a long chain. Yeah. And obviously, around his neck, he's got all the gold bling. And when you stop, again, when you actually just stop and look at the collection of stuff around his neck, yeah. there's so much tat around his neck. <laughs> it's not tat. No, it's all good. All good not. stuff. It's all tat. It's about three decent gold chains on there. Right? <laughs> it's all just tat. He won that on, on the pier in Brighton. I'm sure he, he looks did. Like, he looks like a, 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 a an overzealous Dell boy. It's just it. gone to a, like a boot sale and bought all the gold I off, off of a stall. I love it. I, or robbed a pawn shop, you know what I mean? Like, the thing is, he can do that because no one's going to rob him, are they? No, no, because other side of it, he's got essentially a kind of a, a halfway between overalls and dungarees. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't quite work it out myself. Sleeveless, like, yeah. sleeveless, by the way, yeah. overalls slash dungarees. <laughs> yeah. And then he's wearing great big like boots on the bottom as well. And yeah. he's just... He's just such a sizable guy. He's dressed how he is in, in, in normal life and how he was in um, Rocky Three as well. Like, I, I, I can't see him wearing any other clothes as, as, a, yeah. as a man, as a, not as Mr. T, yeah. away from there. Like, when he goes to Tesco's to yeah. pick up some milk and some vegetables, yeah. that's what he wears in my head. Yeah, yeah, no, he does. But in real life, he genuinely does. And, like, um, I'll tell you about a little bit of research about him a bit later. So you've got, you've got, you've got Hannibal who's this uh, sort of older guy, very sort of much about a blending in and very, that. So then, then you've got Mr. T, who is this outrageous-looking character, yeah. who actually... Well, his he, name's B.A. Baracus. Yeah. Bad Attitude Baracus. Yeah, and although though, like he's, the whole thing is bad attitude and being angry all the time, he's yeah. actually quite a gentle guy. He's great. Like, he's, he's little moments where yeah. he's like really... Really sensitive and gentle about mm-hmm. it, and actually has a few smiles as well, like some genuine, yeah, yeah, like yeah. proper smile moments. And there's, and they're lovely because you think, I would never have put down Mr. T as being a joker and a smiler, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he is as well in this episode. Then you go on to the face, yeah, who is like, yeah, he's the face, you know, he's this sm- smooth talking, uh, good looking, long haired, blue eyed yeah. boy. Of, of so the face, so the face in the pilot episode is placed is played by a guy called Tim Dunnigan. But in every other episode, it's uh, Dirk Benedict. Yes, of course um, it's Dirk Benedict. Face man. Um, but just a little bit about Mr. T. So this is to explain a little bit uh, about why he is how he is. So this is a direct quote. His whole thing, his whole thing, and everything he's ever done is about 
respect yeah. um, and have morals and stuff. He's a great guy. So this is, this is one I'm of not, his quotes. I'm not getting on a plane. Yeah, <laughs> we'll come on to that. Um, but this is a direct quote he said, um, and I think this is either from an interview or like from his biography, which I need to read. It says, I think about my father being called boy, my uncle being called boy, my brother coming back from Vietnam and being called boy. So I questioned myself. What does a black man have to do before he's given the respect as a man? So when I was 18 years old, when I was old enough to fight and die for my country, old enough to drink, old enough to vote, I said I was old enough to be called a man. I self-ordained myself Mr. T. So the first word out of everybody's mouth is Mr. That's a sign of respect that my father didn't get, that my brother didn't get, that my mother didn't get. (laughs) Call him his mother, Mr. I like it. Yeah. Like, I, I, the, the, the logic behind it... It's flawless. <laughs> can't, can't, can't be argued. I just don't, I don't see how you can argue it. It's... The guy is an absolute genius. He's a stunning actor. He really does put that character across in such a perfect way. It's yeah. unreal. Who, who else could have played him? Nobody. No one. Oh, it wouldn't have amazing. been. Like, and I think that's, that's another tip of the, the hat to, to the casting director in that, you know getting the right actors to yeah. play the right characters is so key, especially in a pilot episode, and especially one that's a feature length like this. This casting's flawless. Besides Face Man, this casting is flawless. Yeah, and, and I don't actually think he was that bad he in the pilot. No, I mean, I know some, I'm sure other people will say that Dirk was better. Fine. Yeah. Not, I'm not going to argue that. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought he was really good. He, he, did, he played the part yeah. of the kind of smooth-talking, pretty boy... Yeah. Thing. He did. He did it pretty well. I mean, I, he he played it well enough to be completely different from Hannibal, yeah. from Mister T, and from the fourth character of the four, Murdoch. Yes, who's in a mental institution. He right now. is in a mental, and, and I don't know if he is just incredibly good at playing mad, or he is as mad as a box of frogs. Well, he does play it up, doesn't he? Sometimes. Yeah, and you can't quite work out if it's just his long game. To like just troll everyone. You know, like when you watch the Dark Knight Rises and you watch yeah. Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, and you're it's very it, Joker. You're right. You're, and you're watching it. and You're thinking, I am actually a little bit freaked out by this right now. I yeah. know it's a film. I'm fully aware that I'm sat in a cinema. Yeah. I've paid nine pounds to see this. I'm eating popcorn. I'm drinking Coca Cola. That's fine. I'm very aware that this is not real, but he is slightly weirding me out. Yeah. Like. I don't think he goes to the weirding me out level, but he certainly makes you think, I think he's actually mad. I think he's actually insane. He he portrays the character of Mad Dog Murdoch. So well. So well, so, so well. And, like, he's got an invisible dog called William, which yeah. is running throughout... This Constantly thing. jumping up at him. Keep, keep down, boy! Down! <laughs> William, get down! I've told you not to do this! Um, and there's, there's I remember some other episodes of, of A-Team where he's back in that mental institution yeah. and they have to break him out again and again and again. Um... I, it's just it's just brilliant the four of them the, 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 they on paper they just don't work how how they are a, a crack team of commandos that escaped a <laughs> yeah. pr- maximum security prison how they even all served in Vietnam at the same time I don't know but I don't care because I think they're brilliant I love them dearly the interaction between Murdoch and um, BA is brilliant because BA is very straight laced he's just Likes what he likes, and Murdoch's mental, and he, they, them two, just their um, their relationship develops over the series, and yeah. it's brilliant. Um, but actually, it was Hannibal and BA in this pilot who had the most conflicts because yeah. Hannibal kept wanting to get him on the plane, and and they have physical fist fights <laughs> with each other. At one point, BA gets out of a car and just knocks 
Hannibal right in the face. I'm like, whoa, hang on. Yeah, and this is all in front of, of Amy, Amy, yeah. who is obviously along for the ride. She's the journalist. And now to, to get back to the track of the pilot, yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. the kind of story of the episode. So Amy has hired the A team to try and find this other journal that's gone missing mm-hmm. in New Mexico, potentially somewhere like that. Um, and it's about basically the journey of them tracking him down, yeah. rescuing him, bringing him home. That, that's essentially the premise of the whole pilot episode. Yeah. I mean, they asked for $150,000, which is a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, but they are the A-team, so, you know, they're worth every penny of it. A um, few notable things I want to just make a mention of. Murdoch is a pilot. He can fly anything with wings. Um, they even reference him to being a Thunderbird, which I don't know if that is genuinely what they used to call pilots in Vietnam. I don't know if that's a thing, but can I, just, can I just say, put it on the list. Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, yeah. I'm up for that, yeah. Right, so there's just a little yeah. little pick-up. Um, the fight scene in the bar is actually quite violent. You, oh, said this to me, you said this to me a few yeah. days ago on the text, and you went, it's a lot more violent than I thought it was well, going to be. Well, I knew it was going to kick off when they, when they picked up Amy and put her behind the bar. I was like, yeah, you go over there, Amy. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. get involved in this. She bottles someone anyway. <laughs> she does. She does bottle someone. Well, he was going to grab her. Yeah, but true. But then, did you notice that Hannibal... He does all these roundhouse kicks. Yeah, he's like a roundhouse kick master. <laughs> it's like someone walks towards a roundhouse kick. Through the, next, the window. Yeah, the next guy walks towards kick. a roundhouse kick. It's like, they, he's going to roundhouse kick you, mate. Step back. Yeah, just, I can tell you what he's going to do next. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. Um, that scene was really good. Yeah. Um, there was a few terrible edits in it, but uh, you know what? Of course. <laughs> you, let it, you let it go because it's it's a farcical scene. Yeah, yeah. And again, amongst all the action and the drama, there are some genuinely funny moments when yeah. you laugh along with it, you laugh at it. Yeah. But you're never sort of laughing because you think it's stupid. Yeah. It somehow just gets away <laughs> with it. Um, yeah. The village speech, so from yeah. Hannibal when he's up in the tower, yeah. just before the end, um, the speech he gives is really funny and, and mm-hmm. witty and and the whole setup is sort of like, you know, they're, they're trapping them. Yeah. Like some sort of expert spy sort of SWAT team. Um, <laughs> yet there's just some sort of like riffraff, just literally the most unlikely lads, as yeah. it were. Um <laughs> It, it's I mean, so much I mean the episode. whole thing, the whole, the whole sort of final uh, conflict between this sort of uh, guerrilla gang and um, the army and 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 the A team as well. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the friendliest, most jovial f- gunfight <laughs> in television history. <laughs> Because it's so fun, like they yeah. shoot the, they shoot each other like with the endless bullets go flying, and then. When they capture the A-team, after they've bulletproofed the bus, don't ask, um, and that hits a tree or a ditch or something or other, they capture them, stick mm-hmm. them in bamboo prisons. Yep. The leader of the, the guerrilla gang takes Hannibal out and he goes, no, we've still got something to talk about. Like In most shows now, bullet to the head, done, yep. game over. <laughs> but no, he wants to talk. And he's still sort of smooth and calm and cool and collect about the whole thing. He of sits course, there yeah. and he goes, well, I know your whole plan anyway, so it's all good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not phased by anything. It's proper James Bond-esque, but uh-huh. with an American twist. Um, and then uh, the uh, second from final... Second to last thing I want to say on this is yeah. the... Again, with the, the humour, the wit, the clever mm-hmm. writing in the show. After all is said and done, after yeah. all the guns have been fired, all the people have been captured... Hannibal says, oh, you know what I could do with? Anyone got a cold beer? 
and yeah. someone just hands him one off camera. It's like <laughs> it's like the props guy has just stuck his hand on the shot and gone, there it is. I was like, yeah. where did you get a cold beer from in the middle of the jungle? Mate? That's great. Yeah, it's Come great. on. There are little touches like that that I love, um, especially with Hannibal, because um, before Murdoch turns up, Hannibal's really the, com- the comedy person. Yeah. Um, and he's the guy who dresses up. So I just want to talk a little bit about his dressing up stuff. So All right. Because Amy wants to find the A-team, um, she has to oh, go yeah. through an elaborate way to kind of find them. So they had to check her out to make sure she was legit. So they get someone to tell her, um, if, if you want to know, uh, well, Murdoch basically says, if you want to meet the A-team, you need to go behind uh, this particular alley in, and, and wait there right. at 2 a.m. Yep. Um, and then, so she gets there, she's waiting. There's a homeless guy there, which is basically Hannibal in a... In disguise. In disguise. And his disguise is a white wig and just like some latex around his chin or something. And 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 he's like, excuse me, do you have any chains? change? And she, she gives him like a 20. He gets back in the car and goes, oh, 20, yeah, like, I'll deal with her. I didn't really understand. Is... Did she? Did he realise that she's legit because she gave him a 20 and that she's empathetic towards homeless people? <laughs> oh, I didn't really understand it. Anyway, so um, she falls asleep in her car and then a Chinese man, or we know it's not a Chinese man, it's Hannibal again, uh, says, come into this shop, I'll give you some more clothes or whatever. And... Um, basically he gives her the price which is she says she's going to sell all her stuff and she can raise 150 grand which I think is quite a lot for the A-team and it's all she's got and he's like oh no that's that's not enough but he's doing it in a Chinese voice dressed as a Chinese man this would never fly right now <laughs> this show will be cancelled on the pilot 15 minutes in BBC <laughs> would just turn it off like no sorry <laughs> wouldn't, have it, wouldn't have even commissioned it <laughs> no they'd be like um, we are sorry to inform you that the BBC is now cancelled um <laughs> But it was a bad Chinese old guy impression. I think he watched um, some old kung fu films. Was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, so he's got a big, like, long beard um, and just hobbled over like an old man, speaking the most stereotypically old, uh, xenophobic, uh, I'm saying that instead of racist, but it's quite <laughs> racist uh, accent. But putting it into context, it's quite it's all right. I don't think anyone should be offended by that. No, I think it's done with the right amount of humour that yeah. it's sort of like, I'm just... Uh, yeah, it, it's a weird one. It's hard to sort of... You know, because you don't want... You know, you don't want anyone to be offended by anything like this. And it's supposed to be yeah. light, it's supposed to be funny, and it's supposed to be action. It's supposed to be like an action comedy sort of show. Yeah. Um, and and it somehow does it just right. And, it, and it's also... It's not just about writing, it's about the delivery. Yeah. And he manages to, del- to deliver it in such a way that... Yeah, you just think, oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. You don't get offended by it. You don't feel like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. You, you kind of just accept it. it he's, you know it's tongue-in-cheek and, yeah. and you move on from it. But you're right. Yeah. Weirdly, you're talking about the dressing up thing and the accent thing. Yeah. Murdoch. Yeah. This is why, the, they, this is why they work, but on paper they shouldn't. Yeah. He is amazing at accents and voices. He is great. He's, he's throwing. Yeah. He's like when he's on the table. Uh, no, he's on the chest of drawers, and he's in his room in the mental institution. When the colonel comes to question him, because he's he's not convinced that he's got anything wrong with him, he's putting it on. It's an act. Yep. Um, he, he just keeps throwing voices, and he keeps talking to the wall and the dog and yeah. his friend, you know, Jeff or whatever it is, and and then he jumps <laughs> on the floor because the floor's made of ammonia. He jumps straight back on the chest of drawers and rubs his feet with a towel. He's shaved his head <laughs> yeah, in yeah. spots. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got quite long hair, and he's shaved like bald patches into his head. Uh-huh. It's mental. And Murdoch's played by Dwight Schultz, the actor Dwight yeah, Schultz, who ends up in Star Trek. Explaining this show to anyone is. Such a, I think it's really hard, but yeah, 
it just works from start to finish. Yeah. It is just a piece of cinematic gold. Final thought for me yeah. on the A-team before we move on, because we're going to have to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it'll be a real flipping day. Um, is that We talk about the, the, the core, you know, the key elements of a really good pilot. We've mentioned a lot of them now already, but here comes the one that I think really matters after, I think, number one, which is, do you want to watch episode two? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, do you get introduced to a new uh, character and go on the journey with them? And yeah, you do. Yeah. Amy. Yeah. Um, she is the new character for you. She comes in. Amy Amanda Allen. Triple A. And what better team to be a part of than the, the A team? team. <laughs> uh, which is the line right near the end. Yeah. when And then you sort of going, okay, so so if, if the whole 90 minutes has not gripped you enough to want to watch more, yeah. you get this moment right at the end where she's like, well, look, I'm either going to write about you and expose you, mm-hmm. or I join you. Yeah. And they're like, well... All right then. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like, then you realise that actually, what you're going to do is you've 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 met the A team through Amy yeah. in this episode, mm-hmm. and now you're going to go on this journey into this new life, this new world yeah. with Amy mm-hmm. as part of the A team. You have just been enrolled yeah. into the A team. It's great. I can't remember if she's in every single episode, but I know she's in. She a racks lot of up them. about twenty-five credits, I think, okay, over two years. So she's not, not in the good. whole lot, but she. I think she probably makes the first couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of good. I know there are a lot of cameos in in because after the first series of A Team, it got so popular. Then just everyone, everybody wanted, wanted yeah. to be in it. And like, I, and Boy George is in an episode. I mean, let's be honest. Why would you not want to be in the A yeah. Team? Like, if they brought it back, I would audition. Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. Murdoch. <laughs> I'm telling you that I'm telling you that right now if they ever if anyone out there wants to remake the A-Team and they uh, I will audition yeah. I don't want to I don't want to like you know favours I'll audition for it I will nail it I'd love to write it I'd love to write it can we make this happen? yeah <laughs> well they made the film of Liam Neeson as, as Hannibal didn't they? Um, yeah and it was alright 5 out of 10 yeah yeah okay. Wonder what we'll get the score for this, the original television pilot, of yeah. course. We'll do that. I'll be reviewed the next show. Yep. Um, it's probably time to get on with it. Uh, yeah. Your choice this week. The next show we're going to do is an inferior version of the A-Team. It's MacGyver! <laughs> Another bloody great theme song. I absolutely love that. That's, to be honest, that's just a, a touch under the 18 one for me. I really love it. I haven't heard it enough times for it to be memorable to me yet, but I yeah. can definitely hear it sticking yeah. after a few listens. It has, it has multiple like different parts to it. Again, like the 18 one. Yeah. Uh, the euphoric bit there's also a little oh it's great <laughs> it's it. like every 80s song yeah I might make out my theme my, my ringtone I might make it I quite like it okay uh, and the theme I think is a lot better than I remembered uh, remembered the actual episode being because the pilot episode was about 50 odd minutes long. Yep. Um, but here's my big fact at the start of this. Go on. The original, original, original pilot was 90 minutes long. Um, yeah. But that was never aired. It was cut way down. So it was originally 90 minutes. It was about to go to air. And then uh, someone at the network was just like, this is not good. This is bad. Uh, cut it down to an hour. So they cut it down to, the, to an hour. And the director was like, no, 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 no. 
I, I filmed a 90 minute pilot, it has to be 90 minutes. And the network were like, no, it's gonna be an hour. So he was like, right, take my name off it, take my name off it. So if you notice, this has not got a director's name on it. This has got the damning name of Alan Smithy. And Alan Smithy is a name they put on films or TV shows where the director is so embarrassed by it, he takes his name off. I didn't know that. Yes. So if you watch it again, directed by Alan Smithy. Um, but I will go back and watch that. Yeah. I, I need to see that. So I saw Alan Smithy. I was like, what's going on here? Did the director, what happened? There must be a story Yeah, there. obviously you knew that. So you, you, yeah. you saw it straight away. As and soon as I saw thought- it, I was like, right, I need to know the story. So um, Googled what happened. And yeah, the director had a big fight and wanted his name taken off because of... I can understand that, though. It's, it's, it, I can understand why he wouldn't want to be a part of it. Because yeah. you've written something, you've directed something for 90 minutes. Taking like... It's, what are you taking? Nearly thirty percent of it out. It's you a, are. it's a, it's a huge chunk of something to lose. And I, yeah. And I understand, like you know, I, I work in radio, so I understand. Though someone goes, "Is this got to be thirty seconds?" So <laughs> you think, okay, well, you've given me like three minutes of material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it thirty seconds, and I'll just pick. I'll just whittle it down. I'll take two seconds out here. I'll take three seconds out here. Yeah. I'll take a second. And I'll just keep doing that with the least impressive bit of audio yeah, yeah, until yeah. you get down to a thirty-second bit, which is just all quality and yeah. I get that I understand yeah. it but well it's a pilot as well like you know exactly. and we said about this I, we we don't, I don't well I certainly don't think we've discussed it necessarily in this way but I certainly don't feel like there is a hard and fast rule to how long a pilot should be I no. think as long as a pilot is good and it keeps your attention from start to finish it can be 22 minutes yeah it can be well what, what was Battle Star Galactica uh, like three hours, three hours because it, it was a mini double, series, a double, yeah. a double feature length mini series. Yeah. So you know, we've watched everything from twenty odd minute episodes to three hours. Exactly. And as long as you keep the story moving and you yeah. and everything makes sense, there, there is no right or wrong. Well, the problem with this is, I feel like the stuff they cut out of it made this pilot almost make no sense. I was confused by so much of it. I was confused as to where we were, right. what's going on, yeah. what's his motivation. Sometimes he's just dropped into a situation. I'm like, no, hang on, why, why is he here? What is he doing? I get the rough idea of like, who he was trying to do. So basically, let's let's talk about the actual episode. Um, who is MacGyver? Okay. That might be a good question to start with. So MacGyver, he is the guy, a bit like the A-Team, who you call, and by the way, it's called MacGyver because they wanted to come up with a name that was catchy and McDonald's was was popular, like it always is. They were like, we need a name like McDonald's and someone said MacGyver. So that's Done. why he's a... Um, so basically... He's he, the guy you call He's when the guy you call. You're in a right pickle. Yeah. And the reason why he's the guy you call is because he has a particular set of skills. <laughs> um, his military stroke science background, I assume... Um, has made him specifically unique in the way he deals with things. How he deals with things, and if you've seen MacGyver, you know this already, but just for the people who haven't, he is the guy you can throw into a room, and this happens multiple times on the show, you can have a paperclip and a uh, a party hat. He'll turn that into an explosive <laughs> and a hang glider. See, now, this is what I was trying to work out. I was trying to work out how who he reminds me of, and I think MacGyver is Columbo meets Bear Grylls meets Chuck Norris. Meets all of the A-Team put together, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe all yeah. the A-Team as well. Um, he, he has just the weirdest combination of, of skill sets and 
Yeah. He just doesn't. He looks like he should just be a ranger on yeah. a park. Yeah, or a geography teacher. And it's played by <laughs> played brilliantly. Scout leader. Yeah, by uh, Richard Dean Anderson, who later went on to uh, be in Stargate. Um, who's great? I think he has a bit of a whiny voice though. So when they do the narration at the start, it's a little bit like oh he's our hero then um, but we see him put into the situation yep. using his skills straight away yep. again you don't know why he's trying to he has to save this person who's in you a cage you also don't know how he got the skill set as well like at no. least with the A team and it's not I don't want to sound like I'm criticising because I actually quite enjoyed MacGyver yeah. I didn't know what to expect from it I really enjoyed it Yeah. but you do get an explanation for the A team as yeah. to why they are the way they are uh-huh. to an extent and how they come to be who they are. Yeah. Whereas you don't get that with my guy. Exactly. And that makes me, I didn't really make, it didn't, I didn't lose anything from it, but I, I was sort of thinking like, how the hell does he know how to do all this? Well, I want to give you two. And so- I hope I find out. Well, I'm going to explain to you like every time he does something. Yeah. I'm going to call that MacGyver. And every time, and then I'll explain if the show was called MacGyver and Jed, what I would do if I was there as well. Okay. Right. So in MacGyver, yeah. at the start, he has to get a guy out of the cage, right? Soldiers are soldiers around this guy with guns. How does he do it? He rigs up a gun to a tree um, and he ties it with some rope. He puts some matches on the rope, lights the matches, goes away. Basically like a fuse yeah. to set off the gun exactly. to, go, to so start gives shooting. Gives him about 20 seconds. He tells the guy in the cage, oh, God, I've got something set up, don't worry, just, just hold on. And the, uh, the matches burn out which um, releases the rope, which pulls the trigger of the gun, the gun's swinging around and, and making noises. Cool. That's a distraction. The soldiers go away. And he managed to get the guy out. See, if the show was called MacGyver and Jed, what would happen is I would just shoot the gun myself. If he had a partner, like me, I would just shoot the gun. They would come over to me and they can get the guy out. The, the only reason that they're employing him at probably a really extortionate rate because of his skill set is because they can't... They have, don't want to put the money out there to hire a, second, a partner <laughs> just hire a partner someone who's just to distract them just 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 shout and then he can go in and save them um, and there's another situation a bit later it's a very elaborate version of the firecracker trick you yeah. know like when you get firecrackers and you light them and lob them from a, d- a distance so you distract oh, them it's that, that would be it that's what it is. Why didn't why, why can he do firecrackers. that? He knew he was going to the situation. I mean, get some he, he climbs up the face of a, a basically a, a rock face. Yeah, with proper rock climbing kit. So it's not like he he's gone into this thing yeah. unawares. It's not like he's you know been out shopping. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just suddenly got called into action. He's clearly gone on a mission to get this guy out. Exactly. And and how does he get the guy out of the cage? They just have a knife. It's like it's like okay, Swiss it's, Army knife. Yeah, just Job done. It's like, it's like you can't have an elaborate thing and then just yeah, just get him out, just cut, yeah. cut his way out. Um, but then it, so he, he's put himself into into multiple situations in this episode where he needs to do elaborate things to escape and like the thing ridiculous things. I almost punched my laptop screen when I watched this with this next thing, which honestly is Parachute. one of the most elaborate, stupid things, right? So they come across, and I honestly, I can't remember how they... So he meets this lady scientist. There's these scientists that are trapped in this underground bunker. He has to get them explosion. out. Explosion. Yeah. There was an explosion, and they... Yeah. They get trapped. They get trapped. Underground. So he, he, has he to gets get called out. in yeah. to try and rescue them, and, and, exactly. and also decipher how what's happened. Well, explain to me why they come across... They're walking along, and they come across a whole bunch of chocolate on the ground. Where, where did that chocolate come from? Vending machine. The vending machine, what, exploded? Um, well, the ceiling collapsed and broke the glass, and it tip- it toppled over. Are you guessing that, or did that happen? No, I'm just guessing. Because, like, I was just like, 
why is there chocolate all over the floor? And he's like, oh, look at this chocolate. We'll take that with us. And I was like, no, this better not come in. This better <laughs> not be some real dodgy kind of bad writing where he's going to get the chocolate. It's going to save their lives a bit later. But he's like, yeah, no, we'll, yeah, we'll just get these chocolates. We'll need this. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then there's all this acid. They come across this whole wall that they need to get over. With all this acid leaking out. And then he's like, hang on, hang on a second. We've got we've got chocolate on us, haven't we? And then the woman's like, "Well, what do you mean?" And this is just after they kissed as well. And she's like, "Oh, I've got a cold." Um, it's <laughs> like, no, no, like, stay with me here. Chocolate <clears throat> is um, chemical composition is like H two six five three zero nine two point four, and the acid coming out of the wall is hydrogen chloride FSQ element. And as you know, put that together, and that makes some gooey stuff. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." So she he. Pushes her up the wall, this acid wall, no joke. And I was like, hang on, is she, he, she really getting on his back of, on a wall of acid to, to stuff chocolate into this crack with acid coming out of it? And I was like, this isn't real. This isn't real. This wasn't on, like, TV. By the way, by the way Jenna skipped a very, very massive part what? of this. When, when he first gets tries to get down, because he's on the ground floor, and the whole ba- the whole science place is underground, yeah. he has to get down. The only way down is through the shaft, because it's the only free space that's not been blocked by something. Yeah. However, that's protected by a laser. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which, by the way, you can't see. Oh, this is ridiculous <laughs> as well. Yeah. So he lights three or four cigarettes and starts smoking them to fill the chamber up with smoke so he can see them. Yeah. And then he gets some binoculars because, you know, we all carry binoculars with us. His favourite binoculars, Rob. His favourite binoculars. Smashes them. I don't know why he breaks them. I don't (laughs) understand why he breaks... Just use them as they are, surely. And then he slowly but surely basically breaks the beam of the laser with the reflective bit of glass from the binocular. Yeah. And then slowly angles it to the point at the bit where the laser's coming out the wall. He goes, have you ever seen when a scorpion stings itself to death? Yeah. I don't. I didn't understand that as well because the, the laser on, would I, destroy yeah, right. the binoculars. That, it would. But here's the other thing, right? right. So once let's say that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, that's perfectly normal. Uh-huh. How did he get down? It wasn't a ladder. <laughs> he didn't have a rope. Yeah, it was a pretty big shaft. It wasn't like that you could put your legs and hands on the walls and just shuffle down like a crab. Did, did, did they show it? Did they show? No, it? they don't okay. show it. He basically just jumps down. He just jumps. But then, that's not <laughs> where it's laser wall again. So we're, we're there. He's got this woman, and I don't know if you noticed, she was wearing a skirt, and he kept on looking up. Did you notice that? Did you write that down? Right, MacGyver. Um, where is it? Where's the... Where's, oh. Right, yeah. So, when he leads Barbara down the ladder, he looks up. She's wearing a dress. Yeah, yeah. A really big floaty dress. He looks up a couple of times, and then but, and then it kind of pauses, <clears throat> and then he looks up again, and then it goes to the, to the next scene. I'm just like, what? Um, anyway, so... She's a stuffy... We're not, we're not suggesting anything happened, by the way. Just put, this, put that on record. But it lingered but, for a while. But it, yeah. We both noticed it and we didn't watch the show together. Let's yeah. put it that way. So she's climbing up a wall of acid, pouring out of this crack. <laughs> oh, yeah, back to the chocolate. Stuffing chocolate in the cracks to make... Feed the acid yeah. monster chocolate. Did we see that the, the chemical reaction to make it into... I don't. I can't remember. No. Yeah, because it was bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. for <laughs> swearing. But this really kind of got to me. I was just like, hang on, this guy's meant to be an absolute genius. And I was thinking, do I remember MacGyver wrong? Is he making this stuff up? Is he like... <laughs> 
Oh yeah, magnets are attracted to sunlight. Is he saying? I have no idea if he's making this up as he goes along. He seems to have basically like PhD level knowledge of chemistry, physics, mathematics, geography. Um, you know everything you can possibly. He's like the most intelligent man on earth. Yeah. Whilst also being a sort of semi demigod with superhuman strength, abilities, powers, flexibility, agility, speed. Um, and, and and also he wears khaki pants and and just basically jollies around all over, all over <laughs> the place like he's Steve Irwin, you know. Um, it's it's weird. Yeah, it, it's a weird. It is based on a real person though, you know. Really? Yeah. So, um, who Crocodile Dundee? Well, almost. It, it's basically the 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 creator of the show, uh, Lee David Zlotoff, is his is name. Right. Um, he basically wanted his main guy to not have guns, not not have knives besides his little pen knife. Yeah. He wanted to use his mind. So he had recently met a guy at Caltech. Um, a gemologist who seemed to know everything about everything. Um, his name was John Koivula, and he had he was experienced in everything from physics to chemistry to multiple other stuff. And um, they basically made him the show's scientific consultant, which is what they should have pressed him on in this particular situation. <laughs> but it's, they probably asked him, what, what can get him out of this acid situation? And he was like, um, What acid did you put in the container? Have well, you paid we me put, yet? We, yeah. We put this in it. Okay. Yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> And they're like, any particular chocolate? And Yorkie? Like, yeah. <laughs> Stuff some Yorkies in it. Don't use crunchy. Honeycomb will make it explode. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I do want to kind of see a, a YouTube video of all of his best escapes. I do want to see that. Now, that is an episode I'd watch. Yeah. But I'm... I gotta go, I'm going to go straight to a real strong question here. Yeah. Do you want to watch the second episode? Do, all right, no, I'll rephrase. Do you need to see the second episode? No. No, neither do I. No, I don't. I'll watch a YouTube super cut, but yeah. no. For me, the theme song's great. The inventiveness and the ingenuity is cool. The main character is great. Um, but the actual writing and the situations he finds himself in is laughable. Let's... This, and it looks this episode, cheap. Th- this episode, it, the pilot. I mean, it might get better if you compare this pilot because they've remade it. It's, they've remade MacGyver. It's currently out now yeah, in second, second or third it's season. Not doing that well, is it? I don't know. I don't know, mate. So if you compare the this pilot episode to the eighteen pilot episode, which came out loads of years before this, um, I didn't write down the uh, eighteen date. Well, actually, MacGyver came out in 1985, 85. and 18 was 83, so... So pretty close. Yeah, but the 18 pilot, I know it probably had a lot more money, but the 18 pilot looks cinematic. Yeah. This looks like it was filmed on a potato. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just... There's, there's, definitely, uh, there's definitely good bits about this, and there's, there's a lot wrong with it, though. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's just enough to make it questionable. Well, the fact the director wanted his name removed wow. gives you a bit of a hint. I think that does say quite a lot, doesn't it? It did yeah. have seven seasons. They did make hundred. Oh, it was popular. One hundred thirty-nine episodes out of seven seasons yeah. over the sort of following eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. Um, as you say, Richard Dean Anderson plays MacGyver. Um, well, another thing I want to mention about it, which is quite interesting, is it must be quite hard to come up with these um, situations to put himself into. Yeah. And and ways to get him out of it. So they, the writers had the ingenious idea 
of putting it out there to the to the fans and they had a campaign asking people for help like what situation do you want to see him in what do you want him to use to get out of these situations um so they almost like before it was it was popular crowdsourced um um this particular idea um and because this was such a popular show and it kind of works and they got ca- basically they got paid cash if you came up with good ones and ones they used uh, which is very inventive. That is quite a good idea. Yeah. It's clever because you give the fans what they want in yeah. a way. But you, you, as long as you are able to write it and and pull it off, yeah. And, well, there was one, and, I... and it still seemed feasible. Like the, yeah. I think that's the the problem with this is is that all right? Yes. While whilst the A team in parts is is unrealistic in, in a lot of senses because yeah. it's cinematic and it's got that big epic you know, action movie sort of feel about it, yeah. despite it being a television programme, mm-hmm. y- you kind of let it go. Well, there's there's, there's one real uh, good thing in a later episode, so it's not in the pilot, but I'll mention it anyway because it's quite good and quite useful. There was an episode where um, he, MacGyver had to fix a leaking uh, vehicle, um, a cooling system of a vehicle, right? and a reader, um, sorry, a viewer, wrote in and told him a way you could do that. And this, getting your new car, Rob, this could be useful. So a way to do that, and this one cash money, um, to fix a leak in the cooling system in your vehicle, crack an egg into the radiator, and as it heats up and hardens, it would seal the hole. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's great. That makes sense. Yeah, and I wish there were TV shows on right now where you could write in and suggest things and win cash money. That's a show. I, that's a show. But that's a show that you'd watch as well because you want to know whether or not other people have come up with great yeah, ideas. Yeah, exactly. God, that's quite a good idea. See, knowing that makes me want to watch other MacGyver episodes yeah. to see what they came up with. Yeah. But if I'm, if you're only asking me to base it on my watching of the pilot, yeah, I'm not that bothered. No, I'm not. I'm not. My suggestion would be get drunk. One of the rules. One of the rules in our little yeah. list. Would you pause for a piss? No. No. I don't think I did. <laughs> um. No, I, actually, I think I had a nap halfway through this. <laughs> I was quite tired anyway, but that's not the point. You were like, chocolate. Rather than fighting through it to watch it in one sitting, yeah. I thought, oh, that doesn't matter. I'll be able to pick up where I left off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely had a nap in the middle. And this was half as like long as the Yeah, it was only 50 minutes. Um, <laughs> shall we score? We should score. All right. So. A-team. You go first, because A-team is your show. Nine and a half. Whoa, Rob Jelly. Not Straight even, in there, no I, hesitation. I, I, I almost want to give it a ten. <sighs> You've I, got one eleven. Don't forget. I know. I almost want to give it a ten. It's a it's a good pilot, but is there better out there? That's that's leaving you no room to wiggle. No, do you know what? I am gonna I'm gonna overall my own. Fi- I'm gonna say ten. I'm going ten. This is the best pilot you've, you've seen so far. Wow. I'm going ten. I'm gonna wow. say eight, the eighteen pilot is a ten out of ten. It is brilliant. It is really good. Um, I'm going to give it a very high score as well. Go on. Not as high as yours, of course, because <laughs> you can't get higher. Because you don't want to knock anything off of the date. Go on. Um, I'm giving it a nine. Wow. I'm giving it a nine. You know what that does, don't you? What? That puts it joint top. I was going to say, I was going to... Uh, it joins planet Earth at the top of the list. Wow. Did we give planet Earth nine and a half each or something? I think so, yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, Planet Earth is yeah. 19, the 18. That makes sense. And you know what? You know, I haven't had uh, my guy in ages. Yeah. But there's two my guys in this, Murdoch and B.A. Oh, I am Both Murdoch. Both my guys. I am Murdoch. <laughs> I just as, Straight in there. I am Murdoch. Mad dog. I am mad dog, straight up. <laughs> um, 
19 for the A-team. Wow. Wow, that's big. MacGyver, though? MacGyver... For the theme, the theme song gives it an extra two points for me. <laughs> right, okay. Up from four. So I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to match you. I'm not going to watch it again. I'll give it a six. Yeah, I yeah. don't... I'm only mildly intrigued to see if they've reinvented it better. Yeah. I mean, but only mildly intrigued. I might take a chance on the pilot episode of, of the new version as well, just to see if they've got the same theme song. Yeah. Um, but every now and again, I will pop onto the YouTube... Watch the supercuts and also for the theme song because the theme song is brilliant. That's an episode I would watch yeah. for sure. Uh, MacGyver with twelve goes in alongside uh, the IT crowd. Friends, everybody loves Raymond. We gave everyone loves Raymond twelve points. Yeah, we were quite generous that week, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but on to next week. Yeah, um, you, uh, you, well, you had to respond to my A team chance, so yeah. it's your turn to pick. Well, I've got. Something I want to do. I was listening to a podcast about um, the 80s, and it's a podcast um, called Raised by TV, which is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, Lauren Lapkus. Do you know her? That comedian. Name rings a bell. She's great, but she has a podcast, and it's literally just talking about 80s TV shows. Um, we should get her on. She's mega famous. She's in Jurassic World. Don't ask, don't get. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and <laughs> you don't ask, you don't get, Chad. Come on, <laughs> be optimistic. Let's just ask Steven Spielberg to come on then. All right. We should ask Steve. Um, we should ask Steve. I don't know you got. <laughs> I don't know he just. We'll ask Steve. We'll ask Steve. Um, and they they talked about this on, on that podcast, and I was like, I haven't seen that in such a long time. I want to watch it. I want to watch. Beverly Hills 90210 Alright Yes uh, The reason why Is because I remember it being A big thing In mm-hmm. the 90s um, Did it come out In the 90s Or the 80s I think it was I The think... tail end of 80s Yeah if I not want, It I was want... the 90s Yeah I want to say Like 88, 89 Maybe 90 right. But I, I don't know And I wasn't into it At the time Okay But hearing about it Makes me want to watch it Because it seems A little bit more deeper Than I previously thought Yeah Um so yeah, Beverly Hills 90210. What can you put up well, against that? I'm looking at roughly what that is now. Um, so it's set in a high school. Funny enough, 1990 to confirm. 90. Okay. Um, <clears throat> any high school stuff on the list? High school stuff. Well, actually, we had a suggestion, I think, a few weeks ago. Okay. And I think if I remember rightly, I'm going to have to quickly look this up. Hang on. Yeah. Because uh, we had a really... Uh, by the way, you can suggest uh, shows. Don't forget you can do that on Twitter. We're very welcome. We're very happy to take your suggestions. Yep. Hashtag put on the list. Um, and do you know what? It's a year out as well. Let's see if... I think this is a... Oh, really? Yeah. I remember... Because when we got it suggested, neither of you had, neither you or I had heard of it. And we looked it up and it was about local uh, public high school. Yeah. Secret Bodyguard. Yeah, that was suggested by uh, Shaky J, Jason, who, who I used to go to school with. I used to go to school with him. We used to call him uh, Shaky J. Um, and he, As he tweeted you? Yeah, well, that tweeted us, and it was, um, he's from the Wulong Talks podcast, who I was a guest on. One of the best um, pop culture podcasts out there right now in the, oh, from right, the UK. Nice. Really, really good. Um, you should listen to my episode. It was awesome. We recorded it here, actually. And we got very drunk. And <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, you for should. Sure. Uh, Shaky J, thank you very much for the suggestion. <laughs> um, let me pop that then against Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, uh, yeah. Early 90s, each of them, and both sort of high school based. So 
cool. Yeah. Magic stuff. Um, we are obviously still looking for more suggestions of shows. We've got a massive list already lined up Ooh. with huge ones. But if you do want to suggest a Ooh, show... And before that, let's talk about another idea for a podcast that we've got. That, oh, God, you want to do this? So, now, do you? Oh. so I came... Can on- we do Twitter first before we get this? Okay, Because yeah. I might lose my mind. All right, okay. So if you want to suggest a show for the <laughs> pilot podcast, because I, pro- I promise you this next thing's going to be weird and uncomfortable for weird. me. Um, you can tweet us. Uh, Jed Shepard... At Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D, and I am on Twitter at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. So tweet us with your uh, your show suggestions. If you're watching something great right now, um, if we haven't reviewed it already, uh, we will put it on the list and review it in the very near future. We'll put it to the top of the list as well. Yeah, absolutely, we will. Um, and so, yeah, go on in. So, fine. This- you guys might have heard that a particular supergroup, one of the greatest bands of all time, have decided to reform for some special shows at the end of this year, and, and they've written some new songs. Yes, that's right. ABBA have reformed. Now, Rob Jelly, you know full well that this band has some of the most popular multi-platinum selling singles in history. Right? ABBA. Undeniable. Yet you, Mr. DJ, on the BBC, yep. refuse to play them. Yep. Why do you refuse to play ABBA? Because it's overrated turd. <laughs> Why don't you say what you really think about it? <laughs> well, okay. it gave me the thought. So I yeah well I know this because you've texted me about yeah. it already. Well, I put it on Twitter. I was like... Oh, did you tweet? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, wherever it was. There was the announcement <laughs> and I added Rob and I was like... ABBA podcast and I left it because I said it as a joke and he was like really? Well, the f- <laughs> first thing I did when I saw the message appear on my screen was I swore at you <laughs> <laughs> then it about three seconds passed and I thought hmm maybe this should be a thing yeah so I did a bit of research right and there is not an ABBA podcast out there yet until now <laughs> so we are trying to actually think of how we're going to do it. We want to have it not as a straight, and I, and I say that in, in um, with apostrophes, <laughs> we want to do a podcast that isn't a normal podcast, just celebrating music. He hates ABBA. I love them. The challenge of this podcast is for me to convince Rob Jelly by the time that ABBA do their comeback tour in December of 2018 to love ABBA it's as simple as that you, make Rob Jelly love ABBA the, the fact you should you should have gone with make Rob find it okay to play them would have been a better more oh, no. achievable thing you want to go the whole hog basically if by the end of it I've convinced you that they're one of the greatest bands of all time you on your BBC radio show have to play ABBA <laughs> And well, I am going to use I, everything in my arsenal. I don't care about playlist, playlist A, B playlist. You have to sneak it on somehow. The other song of my choice onto what, your. If I convince, if you convince me, yeah. And it, and it's not. I just, have already said because I talked about this when on the Monday after the announcement came right, out, right? Um, because I thought, well, it's an elephant in the room, and everyone's going to want to know my thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, so I, I addressed it, and I said, I will be fair. Yeah. As I am with all music, new music, old music, stuff I've never heard before. Yeah. I will give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Because it's only fair to do so. Yeah. So we so I've said I will not listen to the new song. If I even manage to get hold of a press copy somehow, yeah. 
I won't listen to it. I will do it live on the radio. Yeah. Mike's live. Yeah. You won't be able to get away from that song, by the way. <laughs> it no, is going to be everywhere. And do you know what I fear? What? It will be out the day before my birthday. <laughs> what a birthday present. Thing is, they have the ability to make the catch. They know what's in our brain to make our brain catch onto a hook. I know the what's in our brain. All I, time. I can write the pop song that will make your brain bop. Not like Abercan. I flipping well can. I can do it with this laptop in front of me. You right can make here. a song as good as, as Dancing Queen. Of course I can. What? Okay, that's, an, that's that challenge it, will be part of this other <laughs> podcast. It genuinely will. You you want me to write a better song than the new Abba stuff? So as part of this podcast, by oh, by December, you have to write the catchiest song as catchy as an Abba song by the day that they release their new song. Okay, that's another I should, challenge. I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, but so by the end of it, if I if I have convinced you, you have to play Abba on your show. If I haven't convinced you, then I have to do some kind of forfeit, which we can work out on the pod. Okay. Um, and this podcast, I think we should go full all out. We should at some point go to Stockholm, <laughs> the home of ABBA. I'm not, to, I'm not going to Stockholm. The home of ABBA. We should go Look, to the get, ABBA Museum. You might get me to Ikea. That's about all we're going <laughs> to oh, get. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to Ikea, mate. Trust me. Um, we're, I'm going to go to ABBA experts we're going to get ABBA fan people on I'm going to get use my full arsenal of ideas to help me convince you that ABBA are the greatest band why are you into this do you accept the challenge Rob Jelly I accept the challenge because I know you're not going to do it, it you I'm can't convinced. convince me you cannot convince me Listen, look, we we are we are taking up people's pilot hey, ear time. This is the this is the gold of the episode. They want to hear this. All right, okay. So the other podcast. Okay, so let's go and work on that. And likewise with the pilot stuff, use the same thing on Twitter at Jed Shepherd at the Jellyman. If you yeah. want to get involved in the ABBA podcast in any way, shape, or yeah. form, mm-hmm. then let us know. Um, yeah. it's is- going to be the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> And uh, we haven't thought of a, of, a, of a name of it yet, but it's going to be something the ABBA podcast because there aren't no, there are no ABBA podcasts there is out no there. ABBA podcast. See, if we call ourselves the ABBA podcast, we will be number one on my cheats. <laughs> Got a feeling, right? Okay, that's it. All right, should we let people go now? Yeah, I think we yeah, should. Have you recovered, I, Rob? I need to go and have a sit down in a dark room <laughs> and listen to you in the face. And, and listen to ABBA. No, come on, be a super trooper about it. Right, okay, guys, thanks very much for tuning in to this uh, anniversary episode. Yes, of, happy <laughs> birthday, the by the way, Jed. Happy, happy birthday. birthday, Rob, and uh, many re- happy returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. And we will see you guys next week. So that leaves me to say. See you not see you later, Smegheads. What? What's my catchphrase again? See you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. We really got to work on these outros. <laughs> <laughs>